Father, may your word dwell in us, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, may it refresh us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're now into part nine of our series in Ezekiel, and we are nearing the end of it. Um, I hope it has been a blessing, but one thing has become abundantly clear, and that is that most people are fairly unfamiliar with the book of Ezekiel. However, if you were to know anything about the book of Ezekiel, it would likely be Ezekiel 37 because of this vision of the valley of dry bones. Um, It's captivated the imaginations of, of generations. It was the inspiration, for example, for that old uh, spiritual dem bones, um, which they used for the movie Rain Man. Have a listen. Easy go connect them, dry bones, easy go connect them, dry bones, easy go connect them. Dem bones going to walk around, dem bones, dem bones going to rise again. Now hear the word of the Lord. And it's a catchy tune, isn't it? Uh, but when you think about it, it's, it's a frightening scene, isn't it? It's a frightening scene. Uh, and yet, uh, we're going to walk through it together and consider what God was saying to his people then and what he has to say to his people now through Ezekiel. For the third time in Ezekiel now, the Lord takes Ezekiel on a, on a day trip by the Spirit, that is, in a vision, and this time out to a valley that was full of bones. Imagine going for a walk around Tambourine Mountain and stumbling across human bones. I, I guess it would be super confronting, wouldn't it? Because, well, well, death is super confronting. But as if to ensure that Ezekiel takes it all in, God leads him back and, and forth among these bones. And he's struck by three things. First, the sheer number of bones. Uh, fact, the human body, the adult human body, has, I believe, 206 bones. 206 Bones. Now here we simply read a great many, but later they're going to form this vast army. There are a lot of bones. Second, the bones are on the floor of the valley. That is, they hadn't been buried. There had been no funeral. 
which recalls one of the covenant curses, actually, one of the, one of the curses of covenant disobedience. And so we read back in Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You'll become a thing of horror to all the kingdoms on earth. Your carcasses will be food for all the birds and the wild animals, and there will be no one to frighten them away. So these people were not only victims of battle, but they were also, also of divine judgment. And the third thing that Ezekiel is struck by is the fact that these bones were very dry. Notice that they were very dry, which tells us that the people whose remains they represent have been dead for a long time. Now at this point, there is no hint regarding to whose bones these might be, but the picture is one of death in all its horror and in all its finality. Anyway, having had the, had the tour around this valley of dry bones, God then asks Ezekiel this question. Son of man, can these bones live? Now, it's a ridiculous question, isn't it? Even for Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel would have known the stories of, of those rare occasions in the Old Testament where people were resuscitated or resurrected from the dead, for example, by Elijah in 1 Kings or Elisha in 2 Kings. But, but these here, these were bones. They weren't bodies, they were bones. And so Ezekiel's answer is, is circumspect. He doesn't deny it, but neither could he believe it. And so he sort of puts the ball back in God's court. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then comes the miracle. Then he said to me, prophesy to the bones and say to them, prophesy to the bones. Ezekiel's had a rough and tough ministry, hasn't he? It's one thing to be asked to preach to an obstinate and stubborn people like he was all the way back in Ezekiel chapter 2, but to preach to bones, whether in a vision or not, is a sort of new low for Ezekiel, isn't it? To preach to bones is even more futile than preaching to the dead, surely. Well, yes, but for the spirit of God. And Ezekiel prophesied there was no magic, there was no special incantations, there was no crafting of a message. He just spoke the word of the living God. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. Now, remember, Ezekiel was a priest, okay, which means he probably knew more than most people about anatomy. But if this were me, I have to be honest, I would have fainted already. I can't stand the sight of blood, let alone bones. I take after my, my dad. Uh, my brother, my older brother, Stephen, uh, fell off a swing outside our house in uh, Congwa in Tanzania and broke his wrist on a tree root and mum bandaged it up, but dad drove with Stephen to Dodoma Hospital where there just happened to be this Italian orthopaedic specialist doing a stint right in the, middle of, in the middle of Tanzania. So they knew they were good hands, in good hands, but, um, but Dad overheard 
the the surgeon, the, the doctor, and a couple of Tanzanian orderlies saying kavuta, kavuta, which is Swahili, it means to pull, to pull. And so it turns out that they had needed to pull the bones apart in order to push them back together again so they could heal properly. Uh, and uh, Dad, by the way, Stephen was only six or seven at the time. Dad uh, knelt down and looked Stephen in the eye and said, Stephen, this is going to hurt. And then he walked outside and, <laughs> and sat down somewhere with his head between his knees, leaving Stephen in the hands of these two Tanzanian orderlies. My dad once uh, cut his finger so that even I could see the bone, right? And we both had to lay down. <laughs> this scene here uh, makes me queasy. But the process, did you notice, stops at a critical moment. But there was no breath in them. The bones had, had, had become nothing but lifeless corpses, which, by the way, is a remarkable reversal, isn't it? in its own way, but no great advance on their previous condition. The vultures would have been sort of circling for an unexpected second helping. But the next command to prophesy to the breath, well, that's the crucial moment. And it recalls the creation of humanity in Genesis, doesn't it? Do you remember these words in Genesis 2? Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground... And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Or here in Ezekiel, the same creator God once more breathes life into these human bodies. Which gives us a clue as to what is really happening here. The revival of Israel will be nothing less than the recreation of humanity. But let's stay in Ezekiel for a moment because... In verse 11, the whole point of the vision is made clear. Verse 11, then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. Now, Ezekiel may have initially thought that these were the bones of those who had been slain in the invasion of Judah or the destruction of Jerusalem. But no, no, these bones represented those who had been spared all of that and who are actually now in exile. So the word on the street, in exile, in Babylon, was this. Our bones have dried up and and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So that is... They may as well have been dead. That was the word on the street. They they may as well have been dead. They were in captivity. And meanwhile, back home, Jerusalem had fallen. They were helpless and hopeless. And this vision is applied to those in exile who are now depicted in graves. Verse 12, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Now, if the people had been sort of tracking Ezekiel's ministry and listening to his message, up until recently, they might have assumed that God would have opened their graves to sort of rob their tombs or to desecrate their remains, such has been the, the, the stark imagery of, of Ezekiel. By the way, both of those were common practices in the ancient Near East. No, but God, God is a tomb robber like no other. 
The treasure he is after are the bodies of his people, whom he will raise from the grave that is exile and bring them back to the land. Israel would, be, would live again. And their restoration would be nothing less than a resurrection. Kids' Bible stories, of which we have um, many at home, probably too many, um, but kids' Bible stories very rarely will include the book of Ezekiel. Uh, I, I say, unfortunately. <laughs> However, if they do include Ezekiel, they will almost always include Ezekiel 37. Because it sort of captures the image of Ezekiel so well. They'd lost everything that they had held so dear. They may as well have been dead. But God raises them to life. Now at this point we need to ask a very important question. And that is, to whom does this vision apply? To whom does this vision apply? Now, there is a very simple answer to that question. But I also think it has tremendous Biblical theological significance. So let's start with a straightforward answer that we have here in Ezekiel. To whom does this vision apply? Israel. Specifically to those who are in exile. See, while the Old Testament is very clear that God had the power over life and death, the reality of a general, final resurrection from the dead, well, that hadn't been revealed yet at this point. In salvation history. So in other words, Ezekiel is not thinking about a personal spiritual or physical resurrection. He's thinking about a national resurrection. However, there is no doubt that this vision is a very important link in the theological chain to which the full biblical hope of resurrection is anchored. So remember, Israel is a sort of microcosm of the world. And so this vision is not only for Israel. The entire human race are those bones under the curse of death for its rebellion against God. But the link, the link in the chain, of course, is Jesus' own resurrection. And it's interesting, in the Gospels and in the letters, uh, the disciples and others slowly but surely come to realise that in the resurrection of Jesus, God had done what they were hoping and expecting God would do for Israel. See, ultimately the resurrection of Jesus from his exile, which was death, fulfils the vision of Ezekiel. Which means this this vision holds out hope for me and you. Because as Christians, we've received the Spirit of God. We've received the Spirit of God as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. That is, if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies. Is it a picture of what will happen when Christ comes again? Dem bones are going to rise again. 
but it's also a picture of what has happened when we first believed in God. When we first believed, right? When God, though we were dead in our sins, breathed his spirit into us and we were born again. A friend of mine in high school who became a Christian through the witness of other teenage boys um, had Ezekiel 37 tattooed on his arm. This is against school regulations, by the way. Had Ezekiel 37 tattooed on his arm because that is how he had pictured what had happened to him. He once was dead, but was now alive. Friends, in a room like this, there will be those sitting here this morning who are still seeking. In a room like this, there will be those here who are resisting. In a room like this, there will be those here who are quietly antagonistic to it all. We're here now. We are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. You see, despite our best efforts, and boy have we tried, despite our best efforts, there is no escaping death. It draws nearer to us each and every day. One day we will stop breathing. And the only thing that will overcome death is the breath or the spirit of the creator God. Apart from it, there is no life. But if we've learned anything from Ezekiel 37, it is this. There are no bones too dry. There is no situation beyond redemption. There is no one beyond resurrection. And the surprise to every one of us, including Ezekiel, I suspect, is not so much that God is able, but that he is willing. That's what breaks me. After all Israel had done, after all that we have done, he is both able and willing to forgive us and redeem us and restore us. Jesus once said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he turned and looked Martha, a young woman in the eyes. And he said, do you believe this? And so I ask the same of you. Do you believe this? But it's fair to say, friends, isn't it, that even... even we Christians, right? Even if, if you're sitting there, if you're, you're a Christian, though we are alive, we don't always feel alive, do we? We can feel pretty dry ourselves. There have been seasons of my life where I have felt extremely 
spiritually dry. You might be in one of those seasons right now. And here's the good news for us. It is not a matter of trying harder. It never was. We can't make ourselves live. It is a work of the Spirit of God. And so we pray that he would refresh us and animate us. There are no bones too dry. By the power of the Spirit, there is no situation beyond redemption. There is no one beyond resurrection. So will you pray with me that God in his grace would bring those who are dead to life this very morning and those who feel dry to renewal. Pray with me. Creator God, we thank you for your life-giving and life-sustaining spirit. We thank you that in receiving your spirit, we have a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. May you breathe new life into each and every one of us. Send your spirit afresh to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. Send your spirit to quicken, to awaken to renew. Send your spirit to comfort, to bind up the brokenhearted. Send your spirit to humble us and impart faith. And send your spirit to accompany your word and cause it to be living and active among us, sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, we believe. Help us overcome our unbelief. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.